and welcome to Literarily Wasted. My name is Talia. I'm Christy. I'm Lucas. There's Lucas. Hey! <laughs> I got a red panda. And it's me, Adam. Uh, for some reason, I don't think I don't think the countdown made any music, but Aww. hey, whatever. It's like a silent countdown because you know what? This book doesn't need happy, upbeat music. Hey, Adam, I really sober. like your headphones. What are hey, those? Well, I just took them <laughs> off of my head. They are Mega Man headphones, and they are nice. Back to you. <laughs> well, we are here today to talk about the second half of Red Rising. Red Rising. Oh, and I guess the book as a whole. So to start, what did y'all think? Talia, what did you think? You didn't Talia. like this at all, yeah. did you? Okay, so here's a funny thing, because I know it's not funny, actually. So here, But a couple of people mentioned in the group if I was going to read the rest of the trilogy, which I did. <laughs> I read the rest of the trilogy, actually, the weekend after the first live discussion. However... The reason I read the rest of the trilogy is because I was very, very curious to see where Pierce was going to take, we're on first name basis, where he was going to take this story. Um, it was, after the first book, it was curiosity only. I still was not 100% sold on this book. That being said, now that I have completed the first trilogy, I am sold on this series. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not, but I kind of don't care. I got really into it. The second book hooked me, and the third one punched me in the heart. Okay, that being said, <laughs> okay, let's lay down some ground rules, Christy. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> I'm not. But I think that you're not the only one in our group who had this problem, where they just had to keep going. So I do want to remind everybody that as you're commenting, we're only talking about the first book, so try not to talk about the other books in during this live discussion. Also, we're going to be doing some speculating about what mm -hmm. happens later on after this book, and and we might know the answers, but we're not going to say it. Yeah, guess face what? It, babe. If I if I can keep my mouth closed, which I will, <laughs> then face. you for sure you keep your face closed. <laughs> then you for sure can keep those fingers away from your screen because it's much easier to not type something if you have a delay. Um, so I'm going to do my best. <laughs> and please do your best. Yes, let's not poop on anyone's party. Don't poop. Okay. Well, Lucas, what did you think? I really liked it. You know, I um, this would have been like an ideal beach read for me. Mm. Um, so I was not at the beach as it's January. I have a scarf, but... Uh, <laughs> No, I really liked it, and what I had to do, and not much either, I didn't have to force this, but it's like, yes, it borrows, and yes, it can kind of be derivative, but what it borrows from, I already loved anyway. And so it was just kind of more of the same, but with, you know, different toppings. And, um, yeah, I was I was all about it. I did uh, listen to the audiobook, so you got a few other cool things in there um and christy had shared that so if you haven't heard the song uh, we will not be singing it tonight um go check that out it's really cool to hear persephone's song but um yeah i'm totally down for it and i will continue this this is uh if i had to do a quick rating this is right below wool for me so wool's my top this is kind of in second oh wow nice well i liked it i didn't love it but i also didn't hate it. 
Um, so I, there were some flaws, which we're going to talk about, but I think that the book had a lot of strengths too, which we'll talk about also. And um, I'm kind of on the fence on whether I'm going to keep reading. I think I probably am. Um, and I can't wait to talk about it tonight because I really think that that's going to encourage me one way or the other. Yeah, I need someone to talk to me about it. <laughs> Adam, what did you think? Um, so I guess I liked it. You know, I thought it was enjoyable. It was kind of a popcorn flick for me. Yeah. Um, where it had like, you know, there were some entertaining moments and there were some in really interesting characters and I, there were parts that I really got into. You know, I read, I read this book when I was like, you know, in the middle of the night, can't sleep kind of thing. <clears throat> and it, you know, made me not want to go back to sleep because I was, I was interested. <laughs> I was into, into some of the stuff that was going on. Um, you know, if we're just giving our initial, what would we like, you know, if we're talking about what we liked. Sure. Yeah. Um, is it gonna, yeah, I got a Ghostbusters shirt on, Gene. <laughs> um, is it, get, do I want to keep reading? I don't know. Um, maybe this, this discussion, maybe y'all can help me with that. But, um, you know, it was, it was, it was fine. Um, let's say, so, but uh, I, I want to look through the comments here, because, hey, for everybody, uh, Mike is in Los Angeles, Gene's in Georgia, Ashley's in Texas. Hey, what's up, everybody? Doing some shout-outs. Um, a lot of people agree with you, Talia, um, about what you said about continuing the series. Um, Scott's already made his way through. Nikki just finished the third book. Um, Emily, says, Emily Jones says, yes, I feel the same way. Um, Adrian wants to know what your cutoff is for not continuing. I think, I think you just, for me, you just got to, like, convince me to keep going. <laughs> uh, I don't know there's a cutoff. Um, if this helps anyone, if there's anyone who's waffling on continuing, um, a little stat. So Red Rising hit number 20. Uh, on the New York Times bestseller list. Golden Sun, the next book, hit number six. And then the final <clears throat> book, Morning Star, of this trilogy, we're not talking about the second trilogy, um, Morning Star reached number one on multiple lists. So it does, it's something, I think, as, as an author, he grew into the series, and I think that's evident. When he was really young, too, right? When you wrote it? Yeah, so I actually... I don't want to get ahead of your facts. Well, yeah, so yesterday was his birthday. Happy birthday, Pierce Brown. Uh, <laughs> he turned Brown. 32 yesterday. So this is a young <laughs> author. And I do have to admit, when I found out how young he was when he wrote this, it honestly became an excuse kind of in my head. I was like, okay, I kind of... Because there are some flaws that we've all discussed. I was like, well, he was really young. So he just turned 32 yesterday. But he sold Red Rising in 2012. So I imagine he obviously wrote it before then. So he was at maximum, he was 23 or younger when he wrote it. And I was kind of like, okay. I mean. That's no excuse. But anyway, we're talking about, I haven't written anything, but whatever. We're talking about Red Rising. Well, okay. Um, it also sounds like he probably wrote what he knew. And then, which was Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, and then and then evolved it, which I can appreciate. Mm -hmm. Well, let me check in with some more people because um, we want to hear what y'all's thoughts are too. And y'all yeah. chime in. Great. Um, uh, so uh, Justin, who's sitting right over there, 
This book definitely had some thoughtful moments, but also had some moments where it felt a bit rushed to get to other parts of the book. And I think there's some other people in the chat that are agreeing with you. Um, Trish saying she not she doesn't think uh, she's going to read the rest of the series. So Talia, you can talk to her later about that. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince um, anyone of anything. If you don't want to read it, that's fine. Well, and I will say after a after bajillion the, other books out Talia there. went into this lat the first discussion like hardcore like just get me through this book and then That's the true. discussion helped you right it, it, yeah. it made you want to say okay I'll look at this with with different goggles on and I will continue to read and then the next thing I know Amazon maybe not Amazon um, somebody <laughs> delivered some books <laughs> to the house <laughs> well uh, we've got books. some some pretty strong opinions here Matt Scalise says I'm sorry to say this is the first yeah. book we've read that I did not enjoy uh, it's really clever, but I just found it deeply unpleasant. Sexual violence and homophobic la language is in there for a reason. Made these characters unlikable. Um, Joe says, I thought it was very readable, but it wasn't the most memorable. Lots of mostly two-dimensional characters. These are all good jumping-off points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, Virginia says, quick and fun read. Um, Trish also reads in the middle of the night. Hey, we can talk. <laughs> That's uh, Hit me up at like 2 a.m. No, you um, need sleep. Lauren Craig said, "Hey, Melissa, talk if you want, Talia." Oh no, I right clicked. Um, hey, Kim, just doing some shout outs now. Welcome and, to and our chat. I would uh, say shout out to everybody, and if you like literarily wasted guys, share it. Share the stream. The more eyeballs we get, the more awesome, cool, new people that we get to talk to. Okay, we'll talk about them more later. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, back to you. Well, I guess to start, like. What do y'all think of, in the second half of the book, we're kind of thrown into this game, this this castle's game, and capture the flag. And what were your thoughts on, on that? That is not a fun game that I want to be a part of. <laughs> they called it a game, and I was like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> she got real, you guys. You got off people's ears. Yeah, well, the sheer amount of violence and, like, other really terrible things that was allowed was really fascinating. Like, and even they allowed a lot of, of killing, even though, like, from the very beginning, Filcher's like, the killing part is done. No more of that. Yeah, except they're like, this is fine. Weed out the chaff. Yeah. Yeah. But I gotta say, when Filcher told his group that this isn't just, like, murder, I was really relieved because I was worried that's where this was going and it made no sense for what this game was supposed to be doing. Like they're supposed to be creating generals and, and mm -hmm. figuring out who is a good leader and, and what everybody's strengths are. And if they had just done as much killing as I was worried they were gonna do, it, it, it would have lost a lot to, to me because that doesn't even make sense. So at the end of, so we left off at, at part two. So we ended at part two, and when mm -hmm. we pick up at part three, I know I, I stopped and I didn't continue except for that. And that's where Talia, Talia literally went home <laughs> from the live stream, and I think you read the, the rest of the book that night, right? Maybe? I don't recall. I believe she that did. That sounds like a yes. Um, so, so we find out right when you basically turn the page that um, Darrow kills... Uh, Julian, Cass Julian yeah. Cassius's younger brother. And I I kind of went into the end of the second part as an optimist. I was like, okay, 
they're golds. They're not going to waste their lot, and they have all these capabilities to bring people back, restorative medicine, all this stuff. And I was like, it's cool. It was a test, and they're going to like rejuvenate these people. I was hoping Julian was going to come back. I know that was. No, they were like slaughter them all. So I, I think just right from the get go, and once you start part three, you know that this is. This is going to be hardcore. Yeah. And I, I felt that the entire... Unlike any other grad school you've been to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really liked the pacing. I felt like they got through different um, challenges and, and battles at a, at a good pace. And there were some really cool and interesting tactics that I thought they used. And it was, it was cool for me to see Darrow kind of process and understand why he was there and the meaning of what he thought they were imparting upon him at, at each of these stage gates and then by the end of it i was just like yes it just got it got really cool by the end um i thought with you know some of the fights and stuff like that gene on youtube said that he thought the med bots were a cop-out honestly the moment i heard about them all i could think about was in hunger games when they send you Mm -hmm. When you have your little sponsors, your sponsors send you little gifties, like medicine and things. And I was like, oh, that's familiar. I think actually it was Matt. I'm calling you out. Sorry. I think it was you who said in the first live discussion that if I continued reading that it would stray away from Hunger Games. And for me, it was the opposite. The more I read the second half, the more I was like, they're in the friggin' arena. They're killing each other. They're getting sent medicine. This is Hunger Games. They're competing. <laughs> and then at the end, they're all going to be like. <laughs> well, they weren't at the end. But no. But. I, yeah, I got a lot more Hunger Games, too, minus the killing. But there was still well, a ton a of, killing. of killing. Yeah. Hunger Games, though. I mean, they use in Hunger Games, if you haven't read it, no, I won't say anything. There's a lot of killing. You well, no, read the Hunger Games. I meant in Red Rising, oh. there shouldn't have been killing after like the culling, and then but there was there was still a ton of killing. You mean the passage? Yes. I mean, I think he even might have mentioned something about culling because it's they take the top one percent and the top or the bottom one percent, yeah. and then they made they, those mm -hmm. like it's intentional fight. Yeah, just to prove that you can. I did have a problem with who was in the bottom 1%. Now, Julian was explained. That was the, what the mayor's, I don't know what he was, the, his... Arch Governor Augustus's son. Y right, and he has Wait. this, one of them has... You're right, the other one. The other, the the family they feud with. Julian that was the, 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 uh... But there was What's the name of another family? What, I'm, the Bologna, Bologna family. But there was a family feud between those two, and, and Julian was basically sent just to die to, like, mess up that one family. Mm -hmm. So I got that. But, like, Severo? How is Severo in the bottom 1%? Well, they thought he was in the bottom, but obviously he's a BA. So he, let's talk about... I mean, it's a good like, idea to, to talk about some was. comments. You just mentioned Severo. Um, we had some people talking about Severo in the comments earlier on, um, in, on Facebook in particular. Uh, somebody mentioned, I, I gotta scroll up, uh, <laughs> Bree. Bree, Bree. Did anyone else imagine McLovin playing Severo? Oh no. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but uh, Philip saying that he liked Severo, like, you know, Severo is interesting. Severo was the most interesting character in this whole book. Uh, he was awesome. Like, Severo. He shouldn't have done well 
for some reason and he excelled at what he did and he was just he took a really interesting like I guess stance on I everything. this grimy little boy running around in his wolf cloak. Goblin. I, yeah. I just really, <laughs> really no, enjoyed awesome. him. Yeah, he, I wanted more of him. I think we got a lot, though. Like We I, did. I, and, and the Howlers, like, that, yeah, that, that set up some really cool stuff. And, you know, we, we, we've done this in the past where we'll post, and I think we need to do it for this one, we'll post um, Make Your Own Cast List. And I think that would be fun for this one because there's a lot of different cool. See, I had a hard uh, time picturing it though, characters. just because I knew color scheme wise. Mm. So that's a hard thing for me to separate is that these are all Crayola people. So, but I'm sure other people can get over that. <laughs> and I'd love to hear other people's opinions on casting. I don't think I could do it, honestly. I didn't picture anyone any particular way except, you know, big and shiny. We'll, we'll put it out to y'all, and y'all can cast it for us. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then we'll make the movie. There yeah. you go. <laughs> well, I think those rights are already bought. Ah. They were, but it's not happening. Whatever. I read about that, too. Yeah. Well, we also, there's some also some great other characters. Mustang, Mustang. was great. I thought she was amazing until she fell in with Darrow, and then she got super boring. It got a little safe. Yeah. 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 Mustang. Mustang to me. Okay. Here's <laughs> here's the deal with Mustang. Um, she started out awesome. She was like, like sarcastic and like powerful. Didn't take crap from anybody. Yeah. And she was super powerful. And then, and then like, she got with Darrow and like became weirdly submissive. I mean, I know it was like the whole thing for like Darrow to have these followers, but like- It was she, her she, idea. She lost all of her like- She very quietly and easily stepped into second place and was like, okay, I will support you, the leader. Like that did happen real fast. But also like she had already proven herself as a leader with her house. And then it was her idea on how to become the leader. Like everything Darrow did and all the success he had, it was only because of her. He would have never gone that route without her. And then she did all the work. It was her standard that they used. Pax Talamanos. Pax Talamanos. Oh, Pax. I love him so much. Uh, that was the angriest this book made me, was when Darrow mm -hmm. straight up sacrificed Pax for no reason, when it was super obvious what was going to happen. Yeah. He was making, what's his name, the jackal, the jackal cut off his own freaking arm. And he's like, Pax, just go stand over him while he's holding that knife and doing something terrible. It'll be fine. The, I will say the the jackal, and Adam, I think you mentioned this, I don't want to steal your words, but <laughs> he was a little lackluster. I was expecting, like, you know, because they build it up with these fires in the south and, like, you know, this... Yeah, this there's so much story we didn't and, like, get. The burning of the lands, and like then you find out they're like living in caves and like eating their ah, own people. Uh, that and part made me gag. Like, I almost closed the book. And it, and it kind of fizzled, but I will say that when it fizzled, they brought the Proctors up, and and it kind of washed it out for me. But Adam, did you want to say what you you said about my thoughts on my thoughts on the jackal? Yeah, the jackal. Uh, the jackal was. A garbage villain. He was um, he was introduced into the story way late. And I talked. I actually talked with Matt Scalisi about this uh, the other day. Hey, Matt. Um, <laughs> he was a garbage villain. He was introduced really late in the game. He was built up to be this like amazing 
you know, like force. Mm -hmm. uh, like this guy is, all the odds are in his favor. And not only that, but like we're cheating in his favor too. I was about to say, were the odds really in his favor? I mean, yeah, yeah, if everybody's because cheating his... for him, like those odds are even yeah. better for him. But it wasn't like his personal success. No, but like, but you know, there was this mystery, there was this air, this legend of the jackal. And then we finally got the jackal and they had this moment and it was, it was disturbing when he cut his own hand off. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Philip just commented, he turned out to be a mini boss. Yeah, he was like, a mini boss. <laughs> he was like, he was like, um, Bane in the Dark Knight Rises when wow. like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm this big thing and I'm going to cause a lot of destruction. And then he just turns out to be like Talia al Ghul's uh, lapdog. And, but then he, but he was even less effective. Yeah. And then he just like flittered away and, uh, and it was just. And then, and then they had this reveal of Mustang being his sister. And we're like, oh no, this is going to be the final battle. And she just comes up. She's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I caught him. That's Here he is. Done. Well, Melissa had a good point. He was much scarier when we didn't know who he was. And yeah. that's a great point. There's a lot yeah. to be said for mystery, right? Well, his story sounded awesome because we were only getting like the hearsay from mm -hmm. it for like the first three quarters of the book. And that sounded great. Like, I wish we were more in that. Yeah. And then we, we got what we got, which was disappointing. But like I said, I yeah, felt that, that awesome. the Proctors kind of took over at that point, and you you had it in to for Darrow to just destroy the Proctors. And so I was kind of fine with it. It was like, let's just wash over, and great. Now let's really get like these people that... Like, mm -hmm. this is turning the game on its head, and he's going after these Proctors. And yeah. Oh, snap. Well, I will, before ahead. we talk too much more about the Proctors, are there any comments anymore about Severo? Uh, people love Severo. People that's people are loving consensus. on Severo. Oh, and the Jackal. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what uh, I meant. People are talking about the Jackal on YouTube. Gene <laughs> uh, says, very lackluster for the Jackal. Uh, I called the, um, <laughs> he said it was like, like Vader in Spaceballs, like Dark Helmet. Um, <laughs> uh, what I called the, I called, the, they were talking about Mustang, being his sister, I called it a Darth Vader moment um, that just fizzled. Mm -hmm. um, let's see what people... Uh, Joe says Jackal was the equivalent of seeing the monsters too early mm -hmm. in a horror movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and are there any comments about Mustang too? Adrian says, uh, I feel like if, if he was coddled so much that they cheated for him, he wouldn't have the fortitude to cut off his own hand. That's more of a Severo kind of move. Yeah, I agree, I yeah, agree with I that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, let's see. I'm trying to scroll through your comments here. Y'all are y'all are being good and, and chiming in here. This is awesome. Um, and I pinned a comment about the mostly mystery box giveaway. Anyway, um, I had a question for everybody, and this is kind of changing the subject, if that's okay, um, because I, I really want to hear what everybody thinks about this. Did you like Darrow? Go. Okay, I'll go first. Go, Christine. Darrow, his anger was interesting because that was the most human part of him everything else was the perfect human being and i don't understand why like he was perfect in every way he was better at every at everything than everybody like and it just really bothered me how he's uneducated as a red and i get that he like went through gold boot camp but it's impossible for him to have like gotten every answer on that test except for one somehow, and it's impossible for him to be like better at the like 
the weird hand puzzles than that dude that's been working on them forever. One of the things was he didn't even know the math behind him. He could just kind of tell the patterns. And I get that he's smart, and I get that he was a hell diver. But you can't use the fact that he was a hell diver to explain everything. And they did. They mentioned it over and over and over again to explain how awesome he was and why he was great at everything. And that was one of the most frustrating points in the book to me was that Darrow wasn't human enough. He didn't make enough mistakes, and the mistakes he did make I didn't understand and I didn't even agree that they were mistakes. Like um, when he let um, Cassius fight Titus, yeah. which we'll get to, but like that was built up as this huge mistake that he made that was the downfall of his house and his rule. But why? That didn't even make sense to me. So yeah. anyways, going back to your original thing, Darrow, <laughs> uh, I would have done them different. So here's what people are saying in the comments before anybody else responds. Um, the question, do you like Darrow? Lauren Craig, yes. Nikki says, no. Bree <laughs> Flanagan says, meh. Trish says, no. Uh, Philip says, if it's a yes or no, no. Uh, Matt says, I don't hate Darrow, but he doesn't do much for me. He feels like a video game avatar. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bree says, I like Darrow's faults, which is interesting because we're saying that he didn't really have many. Well, he had the anger thing, and that was it. Yeah. Um, Justin, uh, Nikki says, uh, I feel like he was annoying and shallow. Justin says, Darrow was good at everything. Like, Ray seemed good at everything in The Force mm, Awakens. That's fair. Uh, nice Star Wars reference, by the way. <laughs> um, Adrian says, nope, not at all realistic. Uh, Victoria says, yes, but only through his unconditional love for EO. Oh, Nikki can't decide. Fair. Lindsay says, I thought Darrow was kind of an angry tool. I think we're getting a, a gist here of... Uh, how people are describing Darrow. What What do y'all think, Lucas? I mean, he's definitely a vehicle. But again, you know, I treat it like a beach read, and I had fun with it. So I, I tried not to get too deep into that. Yeah, he's the end-all, be-all. Philip had a good comment. I thought, you know, imagine the book if it was his wife as the main character. You know, if Eo were in his place. That's pretty cool, because I really liked her. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know. I, I want to see where the story goes um, because I know it gets way more expansive and I think he's going to grow. Just I mean, just like the book kind of grew and I, I liked it the whole way through and yeah, there were parts where I was like, oh, that's Harry Potter. Oh, that's um, Hunger Games. But I love those stories and so I'm okay with it. I want to see... I want to see where he goes. I want to see if I really like him, you know, towards the end of his entire character arc. Because I, I feel like it's... I mean, if this... Was this his first novel? I don't know. Probably. Probably. I mean, close. First, no. no. It was his first one that he sold. He wrote six more before this that all got rejected. Okay, but know. he was also like 22 when it got when he was Yeah, something. so he so, was a teenager when he started writing. That's way better than the novel I wrote at 22, <laughs> and I'm not 32, but, um, no, I, 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 I'm a little indifferent, I think. Like, I, I really liked parts of his character, and then I thought parts were like, okay, but overall, yeah, I'll, I'll lean a little bit more towards yes, because I, I want to see where it goes. Yeah. I'm optimistic. So on always. YouTube, uh, let's see what people are saying. Uh, Gigglesvid says Darrow was overhyped. Gigglesvids. Um, 
agree with that. Let's see. Uh, he was uh, Taylor says he was interesting, but seems to be propped up by his allies like Mustang and Severo, a mm -hmm. theme that occurs over and over again. Uh, Gigglesvid says, if I were a proctor, I would just want to stop the game and pick Roke out. He seemed like the best, wisest person. Like, cool. okay, you've proven yourself a worthy leader. Let's go, guys. I don't know. If, I don't know if Roke is uh, ruthless enough to be a peerless yeah, guard, he's, though. He's a little. I, I, I will say this. I. I don't know how how to better best phrase this, but. Uh... I think one of the big, like, whoa moments for me was the whole part with Titus, mm -hmm. where Darrow's not, the, you know, they've tried. Yeah. They've tried this over and over and over again, and guess what? It, it made him seem a little bit less of that, like, ultimate character, because had Titus had a had um yeah Darrow tempered, wasn't the savior he had, was a yeah had, if he had tempered himself a little differently and and not been quite as hot-headed um the story could have been different right yeah. i mean well, he was he was basically carved the same way as darrow and so that part made me kind of step back and be like oh wow this is this is a really big picture and we're just looking at well this. and my mom read this book and she said that Titus kind of represented to her what Darrow could have been if he had a different personality and if he wasn't, if he had been a worse person. Right. I think if he hadn't have had Dancer, honestly, because in the beginning, that's what he was. He was Titus. He went into this with the mentality of revenge, and Dancer is the one who said it has to be more. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to talk anymore. Well, <laughs> going back to, to Titus, that was my favorite favorite part of this book when really when Darrow figured out that Titus was a red I was shocked and into it because it opens up so many possibilities that that Pierce doesn't even like touch on but how many other reds were there I know there there probably were more and that's were. so exciting and like to know in this world there's probably a bunch out there that he's going to be interacting with in the future or and he won't even know it it's just really really exciting to yeah. me no, I, I, I think that was that was one of those like wow moments of who else and who else isn't saying anything. Yeah. And then when you you finally not to skip to the end, but when you get to the end, you know, and he had Apollo, and he says, mm -hmm. you know, bloody damn or whatever, and he punches him in the face with his ring blade. Yeah. How awesome is that? While floating in the <laughs> air, and Severo makes that nod like. I think we know that Severo is not a red, but the fact that he knows Darrow's secret is great too. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I hope I hope that to me, Severo, if you've read the Ender's Game series, um it's it's like it's like Ender and Bean. And I don't want to get too much into it, but that's to me that relationship was there where it was like Darrow and Severo, and I would really love to read Severo's story just like Bean's story. So if you read Ender's Game, go read the Bean story because it parallels and you see a lot of the stuff that happened that really Bean had a really strong hand in and I'd love to see Severo's story because I think it would probably be even more interesting than my god lucas read. i said the same thing did you this morning to christy yeah. and mike said the same thing in the comments on oh, youtube well, about awesome. like did Severo remind me of bean from ender's game well, did i not say the same thing great minds. Yeah. this morning great minds. Uh, great so that, that's awesome because uh 
and, and I was actually saying like, I would love to have read this book from Severo's perspective, um, being the son of a proctor, um, you know, not, not this like rags to riches in the traditional sense that we got from Darrow, but like, he's a gold. He is mm -hmm. like, you know, and he's still not like appreciated. He's still sort of like, you know, the little guy. But, uh, well, and he was and, in the bottom one percent. Like that's a great story. Yeah, so I would have, I would have loved to get the story from Severo's point Sierra, of view. Sierra, can we he reach was definitely out to my Pierce favorite. Brown and make this happen? <laughs> can we call his people? Yeah, call. We're call gonna call his people. Um, excuse me, he is busy writing the third book of the second trilogy, and I'm gonna need him well, to stay perfect. on schedule for that, so we can discuss that after. Because when he's done, he can go back and do the Severo story. I will say this is probably the loudest book that I think I've read in a while. What do you mean? Like, at the end of every other chapter, I would either be like, Ugh! <laughs> or I'd be like, no! Or I'd read something and be like, oh, damn! <laughs> like, I haven't read a book that's made me have those reactions in a while. Um, I will say a lot more of them were more frustrated than anything else, especially um, in the beginning. But... I mean, I think that speaks to itself. Even though, like, I didn't love the book, it still managed to drag those reactions out of me, for sure. Mm -hmm. Enough to where, even though I finished the book and I was still kind of mad about the whole thing, I still read the rest of the series anyways. Well, going back to the Proctors, that relationship was really fascinating to me. How they are set up to be, like, the guides and the teachers and then... Really, we figure out they're just there to kind of screw yeah. with everybody. Yeah, they suck. They suck. They do. And, oh my gosh, how unfair everything was. Like, Sarah's had horses mm -hmm. and yeah. could bake bread. And one of them had, like, a river that was running through their castle. And it could, like, fish. And there were some with, like, uh, crops and fruit trees some inside. Some of them had weapons. Yeah. And, and, and different, what did Mars get? Different levels of weapons. And that was fascinating to me. And I don't understand that so much because I know that Mars is is the group that's supposed to burn themselves out because they have the biggest personalities and the, the most temper but they were totally sabotaged from the very beginning and then the the I guess the relationships the proctors have with each other like sending the woodpeckers to no. <laughs> the, the one castle yeah. so you could always hear when you were close and and they had holes everywhere and then well, there was one with like rats or something. There was yeah. another instance there was where with rats. they were messing with each other. Jeff actually just asked something about that in the comment section. No. He said, "Anyone wonder how? Anyone wonder about the different armies and how they each had a certain set of resources and the thinking behind how that molds the players?" Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it has to, because I mean you saw that the the castles that had the resources to be at least kind of civilized were. And then there's Mars who went totally barbaric immediately because they couldn't even make fire. <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting how rigged it was, but it wasn't just in this game that things are rigged. Um, gosh, someone put a comment. But to be fair about wondering while you're looking for that, the difference yeah. is I'm sure there was a purpose. I don't know what that was. And I know that a lot of it was because these 
contractors, they're obviously they're picking very specific people for their houses and they're wanting to mold people into different categories. There will be rulers, there will be more submissive golds, there's all these different political fields, but I really, I don't know why it was structured the way that it was. Yeah. Well, the comment I was looking for, Jay on Facebook earlier commented how things are rigged in the training, military jobs, loves, and life, no matter which level or color you are. And we saw it. We saw it in the first half mm -hmm. of the book with, with how the the laurel was rigged every single time yeah. and how yeah. just it feels like everything is rigged. Even like the execution, it, he waited until the last whip to step in so that like there was a certain feeling towards him. And we get that a lot. And, and that's really interesting that this world is so dependent on that. So why did they, I may have missed this, but why did they then, if, if, if Eo's song Persephone's song was, you know, not to be heard, right? Because it may cause trouble or uprising. Why did they air it then? Did we ever really get an answer there, or did I miss? Did I miss that? I don't know if they were planning on airing it, but then it definitely got hijacked or hacked, and then they like aired it a bunch. Possibly they meant to air it once, but like even the Reds thought it was weird that they let her seeing the whole thing mm -hmm. before they like hung her. Yeah. yeah, he did say they were like gonna cut it and they were gonna edit what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And then when he saw it, it was, there were glitches. He mm -hmm. was like, that the screen was going <clears throat> black and then it was showing part of the video and then going black. Well, and it also played that song while she was being hung so that it, it had even more meaning, I guess. So I really don't think letting everybody see it was intentional at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, people on Facebook um, are bringing up the point that Melissa and Joe, it was it was hacked. The hackers mm -hmm. aired them. Okay, yeah, so, Sons of Aries, Nikki uh, said. So that was, that was an intentional sabotage of the way of life, right? Yeah. I think I may have caught that, but it, it was so early on. That yeah, it was. So much happened, obviously. Yeah. Callie is just like, la, la, la. <laughs> well, this was a big book. I yeah. guess it doesn't look as big as But it was, it was a lot. It was yeah. there was a lot in it. It was full. Yeah, and I felt like in the second half he kind of went on for too long about some things like um oh, the thing that felt really really forced to me was first of all, the biggest pothole in the book which was Cassius stabs him and leaves him for dead, and he obviously has a near-mortal wound. And the Proctor set it up to where the medbots don't come heal him. Which I get, they want him to die. But there were plenty of other instances where the medbots would take a critically wounded student and take them out of the game, and then they were done. And I know it would have been a much shorter book, but I just wish that that wasn't, that pothole hadn't been there. And I felt like him being so wounded and Mustang having to care for him for like a straight month and then the moment he gets better, she's sick and he has to care for her. I felt like the whole thing could have been cut out. It was just to establish their relationship and it felt totally unnecessary and really drawn out to me. Yeah, I could I could agree with them exactly like, like in the cave things. fighting the cold and the, you know, the assaulters and um, stuff like that. But So what 
what do you what do you think you uh out there in internet land um because that was a big plot hole for me um did you find that to be a big plot hole did you see any other were there any other plot holes that were were hard for you to get past um i thought of a plot hole but i can't remember which book it was in now so oh well then you're you're disqualified to be fair <laughs> it's not a spoiler so maybe y'all can tell me if this was in the first book or not there's well, an instance, I'm not giving any details, it's fine. There's an instance where someone is supposed to be gagged. No, I don't think that's the first book. Well, anyways, but then like the next thing is they say something. And I was like, no. Oh, I really don't think that was the first book. There was... But you can't talk. Yeah. There were some other issues with the first book that really bothered me. Like, um... Darrow was so much smarter than me. He figured things out so fast with limited information. And I found myself like being like, Darrow, please just tell me what's going on because I don't understand what the next step is. And I, I think they were trying to like prove how smart he was, but it, it would annoyed me because I'm paying attention. Mm. I should get there before him. <laughs> There was a really good line. It is line. definitely written that way. There was a really good line. I forget what it was. It was something along the lines of, um, it's like I lead because I know where I'm going and you yeah. don't, you know. And, ah, and I, yes. I thought that was that was a pretty clever line. If anybody remembers where that was, I do. Um, I remember that. I just thought it was a good quote in general. You it's could not pull that he's that out. the strongest not, he was like yeah this person the is the smartest the this person is the strongest right. this person is the biggest but i know the direction we're going yeah. i like that that was good um <laughs> mascalisi on facebook says darrow is basically spider-man except instead of a spider he gets bitten by a lava snake yeah no that's fair that's a really good point i forgot about that <laughs> it's called a pit viper but also on facebook jay said knowledge should be power but power is whomever can hit the other hardest with the biggest stick and for most of the book, that is kind of what determined the hierarchy. It's like who was the physically strongest. And also, if Darrow can totally be transformed, and we know that the other golds can too, because he talks to Filchner about being carved, mm -hmm. why aren't the other students carved as well? And why didn't they all take that weird sleep tonic that makes you read like eight books at a time like why didn't everybody kind of prepare for this test and this game i wonder if there is some there's carving that is okay and then the carving that's it, not that okay, might be and he yeah. might have had a lot of the the black market <laughs> carving yeah. essentially that's fair that's a really good point adam we got any good comments yes Yes, I was actually I'm replying. Y'all have some super deep thoughts on this book, and I want to respond to all of you. <laughs> um, so, looking at comments um, on YouTube, uh, Mike says taking castles was way too easy. I replied, that was me that replied to you, Mike. I said, <laughs> agreed. Um, castles were just like flimsy shells that you could just march into. Um, let's see. Uh, Mm, Jeff says, things just happened, and Darrow is like, look how clever I am. Yep. Uh, Bree mentioned a plot hole earlier, but she can't remember it now. Nicole <laughs> says, I wish I hadn't returned my copy yet because there was something towards the end, and I was like, eyeballs, eyeballs, eyeballs. 
but <laughs> wait, that doesn't line up. And now I can't remember because I have the memory of a gnat. Sorry. Um, Justice says, I really enjoyed how Darrow figured out how to unite people. It was an interesting evolution to watch him figure out how to get various uh, factions to come together. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, you know, people are, some people are throwing out some, uh, some questions, some discussion questions. Let me scroll up and see if I can find one of I did like that those. many revolutions he started, where instead of making everybody slaves, he freed everybody, yeah, and so smart. they followed him willingly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you're, Free, yeah, you're kind of doing what you wanted, man. That's good. Win me a castle, and you'll get your freedom. Like, that, yeah. that was a good approach. Uh, I appreciated good that, approach. too. I can apparently only scroll up so far, um, <laughs> but uh, I remember Justin asked a while ago, um, can we talk about the way that Darrow handed, handled the Tactus situation? Anybody, everybody remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, so that remind was, me. That was Tactus the was the second rape guy. Oh, right. That's a the attempted. The lashing. Yeah. And that, that's what led to that line of the strongest, mm -hmm. the smartest, but I know where, I'm, I know where we're going. Um, that's what led into that, I believe. Yeah. So, so let's talk, let's, Let's talk about how Darrow handled the, ta handled the Tactus situation. He found out that Tactus was sexually abusing uh, one of the women. Well, he it was like attempted rape, and it got stopped. Right. Uh, but it, he but had, people but people were complacent and they weren't stopping it either. Right. But it was also right after Darrow had like straight up told him, "Do not touch her." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so but, he but what happened was, was like, you can't tell me he, what to do. Yeah. They, they lashed Tactus, and then Dara was like, now that you're punished, I have to be punished, so I'm going to get Pax to whip me um, to show you that it, well, when you get punished, get I'm Tactus punished. to whip him, and it was like, you're being a pansy, like, why aren't you really whipping me? And then gave it to Pax. And then, after that, I think, uh, to summarize, Tactus was like a celebrated member of the team. How do y'all feel about that? Okay, first, we have to remember that Darrow had just, like, destroyed his previous reign over almost the same thing. He had condemned Titus to death for rape and murder, and then he let Cassius kill him. And that, for some reason, completely dissolved all of his authority and ended up, like, screwing him. So I think he was trying to prevent that. Because he knew that if he straight up killed Tactus, the same thing would the happen. same thing would happen. He would lose everyone's respect because even though Tactus was a monster, he still had a lot of people following him, yeah. and he would have lost all those people if he had killed him. Um, but so, <laughs> there was like this is a no-win-win situation. In the comments section, we've got a few people chiming in. Victoria Robertson on Facebook says. I thought he handled that well. Leaders lead by example. If they expect their followers to do something, they need to do it too, including punishment. Ask Lisa says, thanks for bringing this up. A big, big issue for me in this book. Um, on YouTube, Gene uh, says, uh, I also didn't like how they said, oh, the girls won't remember this. No, they'll heal. You can, you can heal from that, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was some sort, of, some sort of cop out like, oh yeah, they'll heal. Yeah, I don't remember. But he did also, he did say at one point, he asked the girl, the victim, They he let her speak, and he said, what do you want? And he 
gave her the choice and she granted of course she was abused and broken but she said nothing she was also still in so the I position think, of slave she still had like the flags mark on her head but i do wonder if she had said kill him if then Daryl would have done it and it would have been different because he had asked her first and she said do it i think if she had said to kill him he would have yeah I but, do too. but I think he would have been the one to do it, which yes. would have been an improvement over the whole Titus Cass Cassius thing. So here's some more feedback on Facebook. Um, Lauren says, Golds aren't big on mercy, so they never would have done that, but he shocked Tactus into following him. Um, Jeff says, the leader always has to execute the laws and never hand the duty over to someone else. The Starks all learn this. Yeah. Hey, Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, uh, Giona, I hope that's how I say it. Uh, the segment was very well written, and, it, and I think it says a baseline for the rest of the books and how he treats the people around him. Okay, okay, a little foreshadowing there. Uh, be careful with that foreshadowing. There's a line between <laughs> foreshadowing and spoiler town. <laughs> uh, Cindy says, nah, we need a Romeo-type vengeance moment. Um, Virginia says, Darrow got better at using the people around him to teach his goals he was learning and growing as a leader. Uh, Terry says, this book was awesome. <laughs> go, Terry. Uh, Terry, keep reading the series then. You're going to love it even more. So, yeah. Comment break. Yeah. Over. So I don't, I don't know if that was the best plan, but it did work for him, and it seemed to gain the respect of, of not just Tactus and the other men, but also the women, which I guess is... Kind of the compromise is so, the goal. There, so can we talk about because I'm no I'm listening. Winning in that situation. Yeah. I'm listening to your tone while you you just said that thing you just said, Christy, um, and 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 it makes me think of some feelings that I had while reading this book in general, which were. You basically said, "Well, I guess you know it's weird, but I guess it worked." Um, there were so many <laughs> things in this book that he tried to convince me. Yeah was a thing and worked and it, and it had to be like well i guess i guess that's how that works do you or want to talk same, more about that same thing with didn't work like that was my issue with titus is this the way he did it didn't work because i told tell you so in, but in the you book. don't necessarily agree that yeah that it would have played out that way but it you're right it definitely happened with stuff that he did do that worked out great for him and we're just because that's the way it happened in the book i don't think that it was realistic that he would have gotten the results that he did and a lot of the things that he did. Yeah, oh. they all just kind of fell into line. Mm -hmm. Also, there was absolute trust. Like anyone he had brought into this group and unslaved, he 100% trusted them, even though he was proven like, what, five previous times that you can't trust anybody. Yeah, yes. So Justin brings up a good point in the comments. He says, I definitely thought that scene was a turning point of sorts. It kind of says, a failure for one of us is a failure of the whole team. Yeah. In a way, instead of everyone vying to be Primus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and his group was also, his, like, army was made up out of misfits, especially at the beginning. They took, what, what are they called? The, uh, the deserters. Like, the, the people who've been made slaves and then, like, the ran shame. away. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was really interesting. But, yeah, that I agree with you, Justin. That that was a turning point in how the whole group worked and how they were able to start working together and, like, getting results. 
So I do want to say something to Matt Scalisi, just really quick, because of something you mentioned earlier, and it's completely understandable, and I understand this is probably a very upsetting and triggering moment for all of us when we read certain parts of this book because we didn't have forewarning. It caught me off guard. I'm sure it caught a ton of other people off guard. We didn't expect that kind of content in this book. That being said, if that is what turned you off from the rest of the series, I did read about, I will say that is not a consistent theme through the rest of the series, but also um, the rest of the series, the series is actually um, pretty popular in the LGBTQ community. Um, so hold that in mind, because I know that you mentioned there was a lot of ugliness specifically in that direction. Keep moving forward, things change. <laughs> Yeah, we well, just, that's good to know. this is just the first part of like a 10 part, however many part <laughs> three book. Two focus, trilogies. I would just say focus on the first trilogy, but know that this first trilogy actually, that is something that Pierce Brown has acknowledged and it is acknowledged in other communities that this actually book is, not this particular book, but the series is accepted and, one and would have, popular. One would have to hope that like, this is really just the first step in a long journey. So like, hopefully things improve. So for me, you know, things like that, yeah, that, I didn't, I didn't appreciate it, um, you know. I, and there were many characters in the in the book that also didn't appreciate it. Um, but, uh, you know, what the thing that would say like, do I want to read more of this? Is am I invested in this world? Um, which, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, so coming into this, I wasn't sure whether I was going to read on or not, but hearing, I, I kind of got the impression after finishing this book that the next ones are going to be totally different, and, and I think that y'all kind of confirm that. Um, so, I mean, I think I'll, I'll read the next one and, and see where that takes me. So here's a, here's a question on Facebook that is a good one from Brie Flanagan. Does the series, um, okay, she's uh, forewarning potential you know, don't don't spoil anything. Does this ever explain why no one knows about the passage and where all the missing children are dead, and how no one knows what the passage is? Like, <laughs> did I miss that part? That's a that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, now that you bring that up, because like, yeah, these people's kids are dying. Do, do, they, do the parents know when they send these kids off to the institute that they, they may not well, make it? And it's more than fifty percent, because fifty percent die in the passage, and then you get a, several more at least in in the whole game. But they kill them off when they're babies too. They do, but that's I mean, it's different to lose a baby than to lose like yeah. an almost adult that you're like trusting to the government. So yeah, look, there should be some questions. Also, this whole system doesn't make sense to me for the structure of the civilization for like the golds in general because they're the the privileged they're they're strong and smart and they get to play and be frivolous and i mean we and they talk about the what pixies is mm -hmm. that what they're called but to for them to grow up like that and then come into this does not make sense to me at all and maybe that's something that's going to be explained in the next books um just how it fits in and why they have to go through all of this. But but from the information that I have, they don't match. Mm -hmm. The world doesn't match with this game, with this school. But it is, I mean, this is a choice to go do this. True. So, I mean, and this is supposed to be the elite of the elite. So, 
I mean, that doesn't probably change it, and I don't, I don't know too the scope of how many golds are there, so that changes things. But I mean, right. if you're talking, because what it was, how many kids per? If you're talking a couple it's hundred, a hundred, yeah, hundred per house. Yeah, and so, then it goes down to fifty. And there were ten houses. Right, so a thousand kids, but if you're talking about. And granted, there's multiple of these institutes or schools. Are there? There's one on each planet. Oh, okay. I missed that. Um, wow. There's, there's, a, there's a big scope to this universe. Um, well, and they, they do preface that in the very, very beginning. I think Second and Charles is closing soon. <laughs> we got a few more minutes. I'm going to talk fine. about that in a second. But. Um, so. No, I'm not done with my sentence. What? In the beginning of this book, they preface, they talk about how Dancer tells him, yes, we're going to train you. We're going to carve you. You're going to go to the school. And then the plan is you're going to work your way up in society. And maybe 10 years from now, we could yeah. do something cool. So they set the scope. <laughs> they set the scope huge from the beginning. So you're aware they're in for the long game. Yeah. Um, this is a good time to thank Second and Charles for letting us... <laughs> Letting us do our live stream in your store. All joking aside, we are very thankful that they let us in here all the time with all of our stuff. And we shoot their live stream. We shoot our live streams here. They're very supportive. They give us 20% off discounts on our book of the month, which technically you can still go get this one for 20% off. And then you could go get this one for 20% off. Um, and that's super cool. So be sure to follow them. They're also obviously just like us. They're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And they share a bunch of our cool stuff too um, because they like us. Yay. They're good. We, we, still got, <laughs> we still got people discussing in the comments. I know. I just wanted to get all um, that out there. So uh, Taylor on YouTube is responding to the thing we were talking about. about who, do people know about the dead kids? Um, Taylor says the parents know at least the peerless scarred should. I'm sure they had to go through the same process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were put through the harshness to show these privileged kids the harsh harshness of society and what it takes to rule. So, I mean, I guess the, I guess you know, but the peerless scarred is just a, is a is a small fraction, right? Of yeah. like the golds. Well, but you like, look at um, I mean, look at the end of the book, and you look at uh, Augustus Aurelius, whatever his name is, Musloop. Must, Mustang and Jackal's dad, right? Yes. He doesn't even really acknowledge his kids. Oh, yeah. He is so hard and focused on the betterment of the top echelon of the society that I don't think it matters. I mean, he knows that his kids may die, but he also would probably say that as, well, they weren't fit enough to lead then, you know? Yeah. And that's not being a very good parent. Nope. Nope. Yikers. What a heavy book. I need to read something funny and happy and magical. Or maybe just eat some cake. Cake. I'll eat cake. So do we want to do we want do we want to do final thoughts here? Final thoughts. Um well, like I said, I I liked it. I'm going to read on and see what happens and yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> So you are gonna you are you've decided you're gonna keep reading. I'm going to at least start the second book and see what happens. All right. Yeah. You've you've convinced Christy, everybody. Yeah. Good Woo. job. Talia, are you gonna read the second book? I actually didn't like the first book, um, but kept re reading anyways, and I'm very glad that I did. So um, I needed a break after that third one, 
So I'll probably pick up the fourth book, the first book of the second trilogy. Um, I'll probably pick that up this weekend. Sweet. And by pick it up, I mean I already own it. I'll just start reading it. Sorry. Um, I will. Uh, I will continue. I think I'll continue audiobooking this. Mm-hmm. I tried to audiobook Shift because I really want to continue the Wolf story, um, but I'm going to read that because it seemed like there were too many details that yeah, I couldn't really focus in orally. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going to keep listening to this. I'm looking forward to Androids, and yeah. we shall carry on. You Adam? know what? I'm going to keep reading. Yeah! Yeah! I was going to go back and read Vengeful, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the second book in the Vicious yep. series, but you know what? Let's just keep going. Just Let's see it. what happens. Do it, baby. Um, yes, talk to me about it! We have people, uh, Lisa <laughs> Travis in the comments says, you guys have definitely compelled me to continue the series, so you're welcome. Uh, yeah, Matt Lucy says, Pax Matt electric sheep. Um, Taylor says, read and or read and reread it, especially books two and three, mm. or read and reread it. I can't tell what tense that's in because it's the same word <laughs> in both tenses. Um, so, uh, listen, this book is, uh, Caitlin says, Vengeful is amazing. So maybe I'll try to, you uh, should, I don't know what to do. You should I will read say, Vengeful, okay, it's very good. Vengeful is really good, but here's the thing, you don't actually, you're okay to put a decent block of time between yeah. whatever the first book was, I forgot. Vicious. It starts with a V. Vicious and Vengeful. <laughs> you're okay, it's, those don't have to be read back to back. I would recommend, oh, and I will say this, for people who do continue reading, while this one, we obviously don't get the rest of the story, but I feel like this one ends in a satisfying place to where if you don't want to continue, you're okay. Yeah. Be forewarned. If you continue, the second book ends on a hell of a cliffhanger. You, if you continue through book two and you're like, I don't really care about book three, you're going to be very frustrated. So just know if you end up Enjoying book two as you progress, you're gonna want to go ahead and get book three. She has spoken. So before we wrap this up, I just want because I've been monitoring all the the comments diligently. Um, thank you, thank you so much for for being in the comment section and for for hanging out with us and talking with us. Um, y'all are awesome, and you've got some good insights. And listen, this conversation doesn't have to end here. Um, if we want to, you want to take this to uh, the literarily wasted lounge. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go hang out there and talk about this book more. There's there's like a hundred things that we probably didn't even touch on tonight. I know Christy's probably got more points that she wants to bring up, and uh, and then we can start, you know, talking about uh, some other stuff. And uh, do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep coming soon Yay. in February? Also, if you have been a silent audience member this entire time, remember to submit a comment. One is enough. It's totally random, and you don't need to spam us. Um, but make a comment so that you are entered to win the mostly mystery box. And if you are new, if this is your first discussion with us, hi, how are you? Thanks for joining. Um, remember that we are on Facebook. We have our page, but we also do have that group that Adam mentioned, the Literarily Wasted Lounge. We're also on Twitter, and we're also on Instagram, and we're also on YouTube. And we also have a website, which is literarylywasted.club, because we're a book club. And if you go there, you can actually, at the bottom of the page, the bottom right? of every page, at the bottom of every page, you can sign up to get an email newsletter. Now we're not doing that yet. However, in the future, if we have something super exciting happening, we wanna. might want to send out a newsletter announcement about it and you might wanna get it. Uh, we're not gonna spam you ever, so don't worry about that. We're not gonna start sending you a bunch of junk mail, but just a little food for thought. Mm-hmm. I think I'm done. And we have more content coming. coming. Yes, we do. 
So January is crazy, like always. Fun, crazy, but yes, we've got some cool, cool, fun, geeky, awesome stuff for all of you guys that we love, and we hope you enjoy it because we make fun stuff because we want to make fun stuff. Well, it's and fun. Mike says Talia never mentions the subreddit. Oh yeah, we're do we we're have one? super. We uh, have a subreddit. We, do we don't do anything one. on the subreddit. It's empty uh, it's, right now. It's there. You know, we should. Oh, we should. Well, Mike, we're gonna make you a mod. <laughs> and, uh, you I can don't know start, how to use. You can be the the subreddit mod. You like? It's it's not too early to say because we are all committed. We are. We will be at Dragon Con. Yeah. Um. We don't have anything official other than hotel rooms. I think right now, but that's really <laughs> the most official thing you need if you're going to Dragon Con. So that's if you're going to Dragon Con. Think about it. We definitely want to do a official meetup, meet yeah, and have some fun. Just go crazy with you guys and uh, nerd party, nerd party, nerd party it up. Woo! Yeah. So I mean, now I'm done. Thanks for coming. Yay! Good night. Y'all go finish reading. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.